welcome to the Megavision Show, episode 102. My name is Chris Powell, and I'm the editor of Megavisions. We have another great show for you this week. Marson jumps on with me as we're once again highlighting our Talking Shinmu YouTube series with a recap and review of the second episode of Shinmu the Animation, titled Daybreak. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash megavisionsmag to get future episodes of Talking Shinmu. I promise that this week in gaming news will return next week and we'll continue to bring on new guests. Before we jump into the show, I want to remind you to join our Patreon to subscribe to Megavisions Magazine. Issue 2 is right around the corner, so go to www.patreon.com megavisions. Once you've become a patron, every issue will ship right to your door, and each issue of Megavisions contains 64 pages of neo-retro coverage spanning every console generation, and features a new original cover by Sketchcraft. So remember, go to www.patreon.com megavisions to secure your next issue of Megavisions Magazine. And with that said, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the second episode of Talking Shinmu, where we break down each episode of Shinmu the Animation with members of Megavisions and the Shinmu community. Uh, but before we begin, I want to welcome my co-host for our second episode. It's Marcin. Welcome back, buddy. How's it going? I am happy to be back, and I'm excited that we decided to create a podcast specifically for the Shenmue animation, which I was super stoked about when they announced it, whenever that was, a year or two ago. Um, and now we get to break it down. And so for the next 14 weeks, I will be eating good <laughs> as a Shenmue fan. So I'm excited. Yeah, so I want you, before we jump into the episode, I know Shinmu has is, is really been really important to you. I think it's been one of the things that kind of brought you into Megavisions and Sega Nerds back in the day, one of those early things at least. So yeah, Shinmu's important to you. Tell the audience what it means to you and, and what your kind of history with the series has been. So I think, you know, like the reason I joined Sega Nerds and one thing that I, I would be like, all right, yeah, I, I love Sega stuff. Like because the first thing I would point to is Shenmue because that was the biggest IP that, that I was idolizing for the past, Jesus, 20 years now. That's crazy to say that. But yeah, like it's it's been one of those franchises that stuck with me and I met a lot of friends and I, I learned, you know, I got introduced to different people in the community and that just made it that much better. You know, the the story gripped me, you know, the first time I played it, I was what, nine or ten. <laughs> the gameplay, the graphics, everything was was mind blowing to me and that left a giant impression. So when they didn't create a sequel after the second one, the joy in going on forums and conversing with people about it made it that much better. And then obviously when they announced Shenmue 3, I was in shock for one, you know, I was excited. I put down all my money on it and and yeah, like it's just a, it was a, it was a big part of uh, of my life and I, I would even say my identity to a certain extent. The, the the animation with the uncertainty of Shenmue 4, just having this as a as a medium where I can enjoy that world and creation from Yu Suzuki is is a blessing. So I'm I'm happy to talk about the series. Okay, so what did you think of the first episode though? Because that I mean you weren't on with us last week. I wasn't here. Yeah, I was sad. <laughs> I, <laughs> right, I wasn't on there. We'll be talking about the second episode, but yeah, let's let's talk real quick about the first episode. What you, what you thought of that? So. 
one thing that obviously, uh, you know, if people have played the game and then watched the anime is, is the pacing is super fast and you obviously have to cut a bunch of things in terms of exploration and conversations. And they've kind of, I don't know what the right word is, remixed certain things, put scenes that happened later in the game and put them before in order to for them, you know, to craft a better structure and i think it actually worked really well for example one one big example is when rio meets nozomi in the park and she is with the kid and you have those two bullies that actually is like a side quest that happens later and it's also easily missable but they took that scene uh, before he even goes to the dojo to see landy and his father um, as a way to just kind of help build that relationship between nozomi and just kind of build that structure and i think they did a great job with that and honestly you know with, with the the remixing so to speak i think they've done a, a tremendous job doing it and I, I i actually don't mind the pacing because you have to you like if you are creating an anime with 14 episodes you can't dedicate like an entire episode to him just like walking around and drinking you know a can of you know coca-cola or you know like opening up toy capsules like you have a story you have to tell and the way they're that they've been doing it so far two episodes in i i'm impressed and we also get different um background stories on characters that were important but they haven't gotten as fleshed out and we can talk about that uh, with this episode i think it's great so far what do you think of uh, how they're handling Ryu and Nozomi's relationship, because that was something that you and I kind of talked about on the Megavision show a few weeks back was mm -hmm. that was wondering we we wondered about that. Uh, so what do you think so far? That's well, I think in terms of emotions, uh, I think Ryu has much more emotions in this anime. And one thing I noticed I, we were probably going to talk about this later, but in terms of Nozomi's character, she's I feel like she's much more fleshed out and like in in the in the game she's more i don't want to say fragile but she's just kind of like oh i'm just kind of here you know i'll be there when you know you need me and whatever but and here she's kind of like you know taking you know an initiative and she's like helping out and she's like partnering with him you know for example like find people who speak chinese and that kind of stuff that isn't that isn't that prevalent in the game you know, you get some cutscenes like like she's defend she she needs saving or she's you know just kind of standing in front of the flower shop and you're saying hello and all that kind of stuff, and you know you you get scenes that kind of show how much she cares. But I think just in terms of her ability to be more capable, I prefer the anime version uh, of her much more than the game so far. I mean, like it's been two episodes in, but they've done a much better job uh, fleshing out that character. Yeah, she's definitely much more, I think, directive with uh, Ryu. I think in terms you, you of also like made like a, a joke that like he was laughing and like people are freaking out like, oh, God, that's so weird because <laughs> he's <laughs> grinning. And then you had like Willem Dafoe. Like this is <laughs> this is what Ryu looks like uh, grinning. But yeah, I think I think it's great. Yeah, I think showing more emotion and, and fleshing out these characters is just like a real treat. And, and honestly, it kind of makes me want to play the games again because of just like this added um, background information that I know Yu Suzuki is probably kind of overseeing, like, oh, let's talk more about this. You know, the relationship with uh, Iwao and his son and having all these flashbacks that weren't in the game is is really awesome to see. So it's, it's, it's like as if I'm experiencing the game for the first time from a different perspective. And I think that's awesome.
All right. Well, with that said, why don't we just jump into this, the second episode, right? Let's do it. Okay. So episode two is titled Daybreak. And we jump in and it starts with Ryu having a a dream, a nightmare. He's basically reliving the moments of, of Londi murdering his father, Iwao, in the dojo. And then it, it shows Ryu holding uh, his now deceased father. He looks up and, and sees Londi and asks, why did you kill my father? He hasn't done anything. And uh, Londi, as he's walking out, he then says, uh, then let me ask you, what do you really know about your father? If you choose to pursue this any further, you only suffer the same fate as your father, basically. And he turns to leave and Ryu just enraged, charges after him. Londi turns and just hits him with a palm thrust that it looked like it killed him. I don't know if you saw it, but there was a literal indention of he Londi's needs some palm. milk. Like, yeah, like, seriously. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what did he do? He killed him. Uh, and and so then basically that awakens uh Ryu from his his dream. And uh, he sits up in bed and kind of realizes it and he kind of touches his his uh, Band-Aid uh, as, as kind of like a reminder, a physical reminder of what happened. Uh, and this I thought we we may have asked about this uh, scene in the last in the last episode, because I think this was actually a part of a cut scene in the game, like during mm-hmm. that part. Right. This is like taken right out of the game. He does have a nightmare and it's it's more um, I mean, quiet. There isn't dialogue. It's. It's just kind of like Landy, just kind of like there's like an ominous music and it's just kind of him kind of, you know, in this pitch darkness and then attacking his father. And then he kind of wakes up. Um, and I think one thing you guys commented on last week with like the bandage thing, that's new. So like before in the game, before he goes in and fights Landy, the bandage is already there. But in the anime, they basically use that as as a as a way of saying this is how he got the bandage. He got attacked by Landi. Uh, you know, he starts bleeding or maybe it was even Chai. I don't remember. Um, but but one of those. And that's how he gets the bandage. And then he just keeps it on there. So I think I actually like that. Um, I, I like that um, way of, of kind of, you know, showing that iconic thing. Because, I mean, that that is like something that is easily identifiable. Like a dude in a leather jacket, sure, you know, you've seen everybody like that. But then you have the bandage. It kind of, you know, adds to it. Um, I do like that they're fixing yeah. some continuity issues, like throughout the series, like this in particular. I wondered a lot. I, I think we we were talking in a, in a chat about that. And I was wondering if maybe that was just happened to be on... Reuse character model when they created that uh, <laughs> that that opening oh God, scene there because it doesn't there. really make sense why he would have that to start the game. Yeah, uh, I I know. I know there must have been an explanation. I know like in the game they like had scenes of like him getting beat up and all that stuff, but like I don't. I, I'm sure there's an answer there, and I'm sure people in the Shemu Dojo are like probably yelling through like the speakers right now. No, it's actually this is why it, how it happened. But but yeah, like you know you wouldn't have a bandage for that long. You know, like eventually you take it off, and he just keeps it on the whole time. Like how bad of a cut did you get you know like i don't put a bandage on if i cut my finger while i'm you know cooking and it's there for like three years so but but maybe he's just like i'm not gonna take it off until i show lon d what he did to me yeah honestly that'd be great like if that was the explanation (laughs) that'd be great uh and then the the other thing with with chai being introduced super early on um being in the dojo and he fights him and I, i think that's important too 
to just kind of establish that character given the the amount of space you have telling the story so i think that was actually great on them to include him early on definitely okay so then uh we jump to guilon village we are with the uh, shinwa and uh, she's walking with her pet goat does that goat have a name uh, it, it might, but I don't know. I'll just call him Goat. <laughs> Her pet goat. I mean, it's good enough. Goaty McGoatwa. Yeah, so, you know, she's walking. She greets everybody. You know, she's on the way to see Elder, yeah. So, she, so I don't know if it's necessarily her grandma, but she's like an elder of the village. Um, in the subtitle, I watched the subtitle. It, it, in the subtitle version, it did say Grandma. Yeah, but you're maybe that could be just a, I don't know, a translation type thing. That's interesting. Yeah. So that this is another interesting thing because this scene and these characters aren't introduced. Or these characters, Shenhua was obviously introduced in in the first one, but like Elder Ye and that those people are in Shenmue three, so they're already kind of like weaving in. Um, story points from Shenmue 3 into this. And I think the way that they're doing is great. Um, th- th- one of the biggest things I think you can even ask anyone in Shenmue Doja or whatever in terms of Shenmue 3's story is that there wasn't really too much to it. And I feel like I'm hoping that they can kind of retell that story of Shenmue 3 in these scenes that you can see in tandem with Shenfa and, and, and Ryo. Um, going back and forth, um, I think I think would be great because then it would it would give me personally a different lens when I'm playing Shenmue Three again. It just kind of fleshes out and would make it better. So I'm I'm really happy that they're introducing um, characters that you see in Three. Um, and and again, th- th- this is another thing that they keep doing is that they really are trying to nail this this poem. You know, dragon will rise from the earth, conjuring dark clouds to blot out the heavens. And they, in in both episodes, they've done it at you know at the beginning and at the end, and they're really making a point. Like there's some mystical shit going down, Um, and it kind of in the games, it it kind of loses it as you're playing. So like they're really making a point of it here, which I thought was interesting. Um, I always thought that was just a a weird poem to kind of begin with, like like a metaphor. Right. Yeah. And I get it. But it just seems like it. I don't know, like, is, is Rio really going to be this this legendary? I mean, I don't even know. That... I don't even know where it's going. Like, is it going to be like Mortal Kombat Annihilation? <laughs> it's his animality. Right. And I don't Landy know. Is like a dragon or he's a phoenix and Landy's a dragon. And then or like there's a giant. Is there actually a giant monster that comes out? Um, and, and, you know, it's like Rampage or Godzilla. That'd be interesting. Well, but, and that's the, the, yeah. the kind of the weird thing about it is because so much of the game is grounded in reality. It's only up until really the very end of, I guess, Shinmu 2, where you see some form of like what you could describe as, I guess, paranormal type things, like something sure. that's that's weird. And so this poem, I guess it's it's very obvious that it's it's talking about Rio uh, here, but um, mm-hmm. you're right. Like they do nail it home several times. Yeah. So we'll go to the next scene, and we're now. Uh, oh, this is a this is a really cool scene. I got really excited here because Rio is basically standing in his room. It's 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 basically the scene that you 
wake up to every day and he's kind of like yeah. opens up his thing and it's so many can... fucking easter eggs in in these scenes like if <laughs> yes, you you I have to rewatch it. it a lot i think this is a scene where you got the boom box you got a capsule of tails there in one of the flashback scenes he just must love capsule toys because there's like i think there was an akira so another capsule toy but yeah like the easter eggs are are tremendous and you can there are so many of them if you keep re-watching it pointing them out it's 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 great they do a good job of of layering that stuff in because obviously they're not going to spend the time of having Ryu go in and venture getting capsule toys and collecting that stuff. So it's kind of cool. You to should see. do it at least once, just like because <laughs> you, you say you see like the other thing that they do tastefully is is the detective work. He asks a question and then you're having like a conversation, but while that's happening, you're also seeing him like talking with other people. They're giving him notes, you know, specifically towards like the Charlie stuff and the tattoo parlor. Um, I think they do a great job doing that. You know, like it's he, he they acknowledge that there's a detective part it, part of this game, but they do it in a way where it it doesn't feel like it's dragging like for some people, you know, in, in the game. So, yeah, for sure. Well done. Yeah, so Ryu's in his room. He he thinks back to a conversation that he had with uh, Ine-san and Fuku-san, which I assume happened maybe the day before. He's talking to them about the letter. He ends up opening it, and they look at it, and, and they decide it, it looks like it's Chinese, like some form of Chinese. And uh, Fuku-san, being the, uh, the lovable guy he is, always is like... He seems like he's always saying the wrong thing, but he's like, hey, I wonder if that might have something to do with your father's death, basically. It's just like, goad him even more into this life of vengeance. Why don't you, Fuku-san? So. I think another thing that is interesting, and, and I, I've seen like other people make similar comments, is the framework of um, the revenge portion of the story. So right now, the... Rio is more pointing it, uh, is framing it more of um, he wants to know his father and and trying to figure out is he a killer or isn't he a killer? Like the focal point isn't exactly yet, at least, I want to kill Andy, I want to find this guy. Right now it's been more uh, of like, you know, is my father a killer? You know, what has he done? And all that kind of stuff. So I feel like that is an interesting new wrinkle in the story uh, where it kind of focuses on more getting to know his father and his history. Um, and again, we'll, we'll bring this up later. Uh, one character that, that gets a lot of, you know, of, he gets his own little mini arc is Yamagashi-san, where in the game, you know, is a guy broke his back because of the black car that sped down Doita and you get some optional cutscenes with him in the game. But in this anime, in this specific episode, they make a deliberate choice to flesh out that character make a point that he was Iwao's friend. They make a comment that Iwao wasn't always here. He he actually moved here and he was from somewhere else, but they don't really say where he's from. And these different perspectives that you see, uh, it's not just just Rio and that's it. Like we see that's another thing I love about this is that they give us perspectives from, from like for example, Yamagashi san being in their dojo talking with uh, Ine-san and Fuku-san and just having this conversation about, you know, his father and all that kind of stuff. I think that's great. And that's the kind of stuff I want to keep seeing in the episodes coming up. After that, this is some cool stuff because Ryu is now going into Dobuita, into kind of the shopping district, and he's going around asking people 
they can read the letter, but he's trying to find someone who can read Chinese. And he, you see him going around to a lot of the familiar places that you mm-hmm. you see in the game. And I, I love that kind of stuff. And then he ends up running into Nozomi. They have a quick conversation. She's trying to figure out why Ryu is is trying to get someone to read this letter. He doesn't want to tell her. She basically is like, "That's fine. Don't tell me. I'm going to help you anyway." Yeah, exactly. That's to your point earlier. It's a different. It's a different take on it. She'd be like, "Oh, okay. Well, I'll be here if you need it or whatever." But like, she's she's actively trying to find people who who speak and read Chinese. Um, and obviously, you know, they had to get rid of like the th- whole three blades story because I feel like that was also co- part of this. Oh yeah. Yeah. They don't disc. even talk about that at all. Do they? You know, they, they, he goes like, you see a scene with him going into Ajichi, the Chinese restaurant, but that, that was the extent of it, it was just the, him looking for people who, who read and speak Chinese. Um, so that they, they eliminated that part. And obviously like wasn't said, that also the, the part where you're putting the cups too? No, 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 no. That was that was that's Shenmue too. But this is this is like three blades. So you had to go to a barber, you had to go a cook, you had to go to a, a Chinese or a restaurant or the, a tailor, um, and then you spent a, a decent portion of the first disc trying to, you know, talk to all these different people. So like th- it was all that, you know, and 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 yeah, they uh, they you know shortened it obviously for 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 reasons. We, we I would still. Love to know if there was anyone who actually passed that one QTE in the barbershop the first time around. Because you know the one where he puts a blade to his neck. Yeah, yeah. I freaked the hell out. Like I was like ah, and immediately pressed like all the buttons. And I, I did that. do that. Yeah, yeah. I, did I, that. I did not pass that. That freaked me out. So that was a good. That was a that was a cool scene. So. Uh, and then, so we'll kind of talk through this next scene. So he Ryu's walking home. He he visits uh, Yamagishi San, who they have kind of a a, a cool conversation uh, about Iwao, and he talks uh, about how he knew him a long time ago. And mm-hmm. he basically realizes that Ryu is is kind of on uh, a path where he is dead set on finding out what happened about his father. You know, he wants to know the true story, and he's basically dead set on it. This is a cool scene where next where Ryu's still walking home and he goes into the bar and like Saijo uh, San is there and he tells them, if you want to find out where the sailors are, go to Heartbeat's bar. They so make Ryu's- a deliberate point not to have Rio say, do you know where I can find some sailors? Like they have the bartender say it, but he was kind of he fr- he rephrased it in a way where they knew that there would be an obvious joke. I'm sure people <laughs> were waiting for that shit to happen, but they di- they didn't do it. But. Yeah, Jamie is watching that scene with me and I was telling her about the the whole sailor scene. And that's a it's a weird conversation to have with people that don't know anything about Shinmu, really. (laughs) It's it's a it's a weird. It's just like a sticking point that like like like, I don't even know why they make it. It's such a big deal, but it's like. I don't know. Uh, it, it was just I, I think it was just kind of the times and then just kind of stuck with it. And then like when people think of Shenmue, that was like one of the funniest things that people would bring up is like, hey, he's asked this 18 year old kid is going around at night trying to figure out, you know, where some sailors love to hang out in bars. And that's pretty, you know, suggestive uh, question. So I get it. But I feel like there are funnier things in the For game. Sure. But yeah, yeah I, I think they did this part really well. And there was actually a video on Shenmue Dojo where someone tried to line up the scene of him going to the Hearts Beats bar in the game and then in the 
the anime. And it's actually pretty damn close. Specifically, when he goes into the bar and and they ask about the milk thing, he doesn't actually, you know, in the anime, they don't throw him a glass of milk, but they make the comment of of the milk. But the the scene where he's like kicking the other sailors in in that bar is almost identical to how the game is, and that just is kind of a testament to you know the love that these people who are working on the anime like the attention to detail for this anime and, and making it pretty close to uh, and true to the game. And I think that's that's awesome. And yeah, they did a great job with that. They also there was one other video that kind of like just put in the QTE buttons and it works really well. I'll I'll send it to you later, but yeah, they did a they did a great job with this. Yeah, because I, I, I put in the notes here of of scenes where I thought that there were some QTE segments like in the game. So mm-hmm. that was was that one of the first ones with the uh, the sailors. So when he's walking down in the alley, that is that is a QTE uh, with the two guys, the purple shirt and and the green shirt. What I were forgot. their names? I can't remember. I forgot. Their names. I forgot. I, I I would know better. I should know better, but I don't. Um, and and yeah, and then in the scene in in the bar, that was another QD with the sailor cap guy. The guy looks like he is from the YMCA uh, or the village people. <laughs> he puts his hand on him, and then he like kicks him and, and all that. That that was pretty pretty close. So it's those just two weird were to me that all these guys want to beat up this kid. The dudes outside, the sailors, literally for no reason, are just like, "Hey, kid." He tries to throw a punch. It's like damn. I mean, I see those kinds of people on TikTok and World Star. It's like some people just have like their reptilian brain is more prevalent than you know knowledge and th- giving it a minute to think. So I don't doubt those kinds of people exist and those kinds of actions. So yeah, so Ryu basically like it's like a, it's basically an old west style brawl. Mm-hmm. In the bar at that ensues saloon shootout, yeah. but with fists and punches, or and kicks <laughs> and whirling kicks. Yes, and he basically kicks everyone's butt in the bar. And the the bartender's like, "Dude, get out, please!" And Ryu's like, "I want to know about Chinese operations. I'm like, don't go around." Number one, I wish someone. I wish Ryu maybe just watched a couple episodes of like Matlock or. I don't know, just brushed up on a little bit of detective work. Well, I mean, he's got the biggest balls to just walk around like <laughs> what? Just barely graduating high school. And he's asking about, you know, Chinese mafia. Like, yeah. What kind of like, shit do you want to get into? Maybe I get lower it. profile, man. Like, yeah. just don't like he just maybe coming in with like around. a bullhorn. Yeah. And start Roughly. kicking everyone's ass. Be like, hey, you guys know about, you know, Landy or Chinese operations in the harbor or, you know, that kind of stuff. Zero tact at all. Uh, I mean, and, and, maybe he knows he's tough shit, and he and clearly he's he's shown it, you know, so far. I feel we'll like see where that gets him later on in this episode. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's there's a certain degree of uh, of like learning and stuff that I feel like they should have maybe injected a little more. I mean, in the game, he does like kick these guys' asses pretty easily, um, but it, like the chai scene in the dojo that was at the in the last episode it just made it seem like he was like already like just super tough personally and i felt like that uh story beat of just him kind of like learning more you know like learning Mm -hmm. from masters and all that kind of stuff gets kind of lost because you have to edit it down but i get it but i also thought they did a good job showing this stark difference in between the levels of where Londi is compared to to Ryu. I mean, 
Ryu was nowhere near, yeah. anywhere near he was. And I think it just shows also like that compared to normal people, Ryu is quite a bit better. He can kick pretty much anyone's butt on the street uh, and he can handle himself pretty well. But when it comes to fighting a master like Londi, he, he stands no chance. So I do think he has a ways to go. So, yeah. Anyway, the bartender finally tells him, like, Charlie's the dude you want to find. And so this basically sets him on a path. The rest of the episode basically is, like, looking for Charlie now. Um, and I, the next scene, I thought it was really cool. It starts the next morning, I guess. Ryu's outside talking to a, a man outside of uh, the knocking bike store. I don't remember this dude at all uh, working on the motorcycle. Was he at the game? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I, actually, I can't is. remember him. I remember that vividly. He was actually near the Heartbeats bar. I mean, but it's also probably because I like I do like play it almost annually. So if you play it every year for like twenty years, you kind of <laughs> are familiar with you know the layout and the most minuscule characters. But it basically jumps from there inside uh, Charlie's hangout, and he's in a warehouse, I guess, just sitting up and chilling with his goons, and they're all kind of yeah. laughing about. They heard about Ryu looking for him because like i said ryu was just basically going around and beating down doors asking yeah, everybody they're like what'd you do to piss him off and they think he's like a part of master chen's you know one of his dudes you know in this turf war that that they have and, and again like this goes back to my point earlier where they're like you have a perspective of charlie and you're having this conversation with these guys that you don't normally get in the game. And I think that's great. The other perspective that, that we brought up is Chai. Like, I like that they keep him like kind of like lurking in the background. He has like his own uh, dialogue and stuff. And I feel like that also just kind of adds to his character than just some shrieking bald fuck from a roof. And then he just jumps down and attacks you. Like, I think just that, that adds to it. So, yeah, he doesn't even get a lot of lines. It's maybe like one or two lines of dialogue, but you still get a better sense of what maybe his motivations are. Yeah, just more dimensions to the character. Yeah, for sure. And so this next, it 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 all kinds of runs pretty quick. It, it it this whole stuff with Charlie is is kind of uh kind of squashed in in the next few scenes here. Basically, Charlie decides that he wants to find Ryu. The next scene is is Ryu walking, and then you see the crying boy run up to him, saying, yep, "Hey, the Mister, they took my soccer ball." And it's basically a, a way to get Ryu to come and and meet them. Mm-hmm. Or Charlie still thinks, like, for this whole time that Ryu is part of the Chen. And, mm-hmm. Like, they never figure out that... It's just some punk-ass schoolboy. Yeah. And then, so, I guess the next few scenes are basically uh, Ryu and Nozomi going through. We, I think that they go to Game U outside. That was kind of a nice little far shot outside of uh, the Game U arcade. They made, it, they made it much bigger than what it was in the game. Like, in the game, it just looked like a small storefront. But in here, mm-hmm. it looks like, like a Sega Akihabara, you know, arcade. And they in in the in, interior of the arcade, we obviously see like the uh, machines that you see in the first one. You have the QTE title, uh, Space Harry, and all that stuff. And they have the exact same positioning of the two uh, bikers that are kind of like hunched over a table. Um, but they also kind of expanded it a bit too, because there was also a Virtua Fighter, which wasn't in the game uh, in the first game. Hmm. And and yeah, and they expanded the the you know. Uh, space of it which i thought was was nice because you know it just it, maybe they just ran out of memory or space but like if this is what he actually liked uh wanted to see in in the arcade i think that's great so yeah i wonder if also that was something that yu suzuki wanted to like put in there like oh put put in more or maybe it was 
some of some of the the anime. I don't yeah, know. I mean, he's got like he had like over twenty five years to think about it. So I'm sure there are things he probably wanted to tweak anyway. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so him and Nozomi, they're basically looking around and uh, they're walking back and they get to the the flower shop and she's asking Rio again about what his plans are for university. And so this is another scene I'm again you, where <laughs> <laughs> where you see Nozomi kind of reaching out and trying to I guess maybe extend something further with with ryu saying she's something like maybe along. i'll apply to the same university you're applying to he's like huh university that's an interesting thought and i don't think he really responded to that i think he just kind of left it an open question yeah and so he's like huh and so she's like okay well and then ryu's walking back home and that's when we get another memory of, of him kind of thinking back of a time where he's in his room reading a, a manga and that's when his father comes in and I thought it was interesting because I didn't catch this the first time I saw it, but it was the second time. The book that he gives him is a, is, is a book that he wrote. He says that uh, he hands him a, and says, this is the kind of book you should be reading. He says, uh, the book contains all the keys to all my important discoveries in martial arts. And on the, on I don't the, give uh, a shit, dad. I want to listen to Shonen Jump in one piece. Fuck you. I'm out of here. And then he leaves. <laughs> That's basically what happens. But on the desk there as another kind of Easter egg, you do have an Akira and Pi Virtua Fighter figures. Yeah. Um, I love that stuff. On the desk. So that was really cool there. But yeah, I thought it was neat that Iwa was just like, you damn kid, read this. This is like true <laughs> martial arts stuff. And you're reading this dumb manga. Yeah. I mean, he's like, what, 10 or something like that? Maybe. Like. I, but uh, yeah, that's a, that's the other thing. It's like that kind of scene. It wasn't in the game, and there were our flashbacks in the game. You know, there's like the one where he's under the tree. Uh, there's one in the residence where he's trying to eat his carrots or whatever, and he's telling him to be grateful for food that that you know you've been given. Um, but this this is a new one. This one is not in the game where he's like reading a, a shonen book and he's like, man, I just want to do this. And, you know, he's like, no, you have to, you know, do your martial arts and all this stuff. And then he walks out and says, yeah, I'll get around to it. Uh, and so we'll jump a little bit forward. Uh, I guess it's maybe the next day. Ryu is back at the arcade and the sailors come in. And this is just a it's just a weird scene right here, I thought, because they're like, oh, we we want to apologize. We're so sorry for trying to beat you up and he's over here behind this curtain right yeah. yeah and so he's like uh they're like we want to help you what are you what are you looking for buddy and he's like oh i'm looking for a guy named charlie and they're like we are where's we best buddies charlie Let's take you and it's a like coincidence such an obvious trap right and uh and so and there's a scene up. kind of like it where um in the there's a parking lot next to the arcade in the game and he meets them there and they beat the shit out of him. But in this one, he's like in a construction site. Uh, it's like behind a blue curtain. And then, you know, they're all there. They're beating the shit or they're fighting each other. And like you said, he goes super sane. He beats the crap out of everyone to get the note back. Um, and then, you know, he's like, you know, you know he's talking about him being part of Master Chen's clan or whatever. Ryo doesn't know what he's talking about. And he's trying to find his father's killer. And he's explaining this. Um, and, you know, the while this is happening, uh, Yamagashi-san is walking. And then he uh, opens the curtain and sees that he's um, having a showdown with Charlie. You know, he's like having the knife there. And he's just kind of like watching him. And then, you know, Rio explains, you know, what he's trying to do. And then he just closes the curtain and then walks away because he's like, OK, I get it. You know, the, I, I understand what you're trying to do. 
after that, this is a scene where he sees Yamagishi-san in the park holding a cup. Uh, and that is a scene in the game. Um, also, a, a, a missable cutscene. This is a cutscene where uh, you learn a move. The I'm pretty sure it's called the double blow. Don't kill me, Shemnu Doja, if I miss, you know, remember that. But this is a scene where the amount of detail that they, they put in here is great, you know? They could have easily just left this. But this whole scene also adds another wrinkle to uh, the relationship between Yamagishi-san and Iwao. One thing he mentions is father, you know, not everyone, everyone has many faces and they will not always show you all their faces to you. Fleshing out that idea of like, you don't, you might not really know your father, you know, your father doesn't reveal everything about himself to you, you know, depending on the person, he'll be... He'll be like this. And, and I think that was great. He, he was saying, you know, that they had a drink after, you know, they were in spar. And he was basically kind of saying like he's having a drink right now with Ewow, basically. Pouring um, out. Yeah, and pouring one out for my homies. Hmm. Um, and that, that same exact cup and label, like that's all how it looked like in the game. And I just, I love all that, all that detail. So, yeah. And I think that's yeah. where it ends. Right? <laughs> yeah, it basically ends with uh, Ryu learning that um, that kind of double palm thrust thing, which I spam all the time, like in the game. It's <laughs> one of the easier combos, you know. Yeah. On the and VMU, just... it shows you what you know what buttons to input, uh, and yeah, it, I, that was also one of my go-to moves. Throw moves I would almost never be able to do. I'm like, fuck this, either tornado <laughs> kick, double blow, right. <laughs> something easier, punch, punch, kick. And so as the as the episode kind of concludes, we hear Shinwa once again uh, reciting the poem, because it seems like that's all she does these days, is just uh, tell, do that poem. Uh, and then the kind of camera swipes, and we're, we see an, another scene where we're inside this, like, some really ornate building, it looks like, and it pans up, and when we see these two mysterious figures and their faces are clouded in shadow and we don't know who they are, but we mm -hmm. know who they are. And so it kind of sets up for the next episode. What did you think overall uh, of this episode, Marson? I thought it was great. I mean, like in terms, like I think first wa watching the first episode and just kind of knowing the pace of the game, um, you know, playing it and like just knowing it in that form can be a little jarring when you're being introduced to that story in a different medium. But then I get kind of a little used to it. You watch it once or twice and you digest it better. And, you know, you then become more appreciative of all the details and things that they added in that was omitted in the game because, you know, a game is different from an anime. You know, there's more interaction and you have to do more things in it. Uh, but in this one, obviously, it's storyline focused. And they give highlights to characters that I thought um, deserved more um, of a fleshed out background. So they did a great job with it. I think I liked this one better because of all these additional details. Another one like Nozomi, I totally I, for some reason I thought she lived somewhere else, but she lives above the flower shop. So I thought that was an interesting thing, seeing her in her house. That's not a thing you see in the game. You call her up. I didn't connect that to her being at the top of the flower shop, though. Yeah, she was about like they, the scene was like they show the flower shop 
And then it just showed, I, I felt, I'm pretty sure that it had a pan up to the top of the building. Mm. And then she's in there. Um, and that's one thing we don't see is her room and, and you know, all that kind of stuff. She has a picture um, of their friends, uh, of her and, and all her friends on there. I think that picture actually Rio has in the game. So they, unless oh, they that's just, the they one just that he can look back on as his friends, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's in a frame on her desk. So they, I mean, obviously people have copies, so maybe that's what it is. Uh, but you know, just kind of those kinds of details are neat. You know, like you don't have to include that stuff, but but they do. Um, so I do like this one better because of all the additional detail. It slowed it down a little bit. You know, it had more of the detective stuff in this one, more of the conversations. Um, I'm interested to see what happens in the next episode the way he goes about you know the i'm sure he's going to go to the china shop uh, and and get that letter translated oh the other thing that we forgot to mention they they show i'm pretty sure his name isn't wang uh what is his name oh the guy like would always ask for a drink every time you pass the vending machine they had a scene with him in this <laughs> i didn't even catch that i didn't even yeah. notice that and he's like oh my god that, that's awesome and they they had like the they they called it um they didn't call it Pepsi, they called it like Repsi or something in the vending machines, just like dumb shit like that. I love like you know, catching. Um but yeah, That's looking great. forward to it. What how would you rate this one? Uh one out of five. I would give this one four point five out of five. I think overall right now, I would also give it about four point five out of five. And again, I'm biased because, you know, I this is this game series is near and dear to my heart. So, um, yeah. And, and Shenmue 3, um, I, I mean, you guys can read my review that's on Megavisions. I've had my, you know, quips and, and opinions on it. Um, like, I, I overall enjoyed it because it was a way of him coming back in the... In the game industry, um, and you know, getting a chance to play, you know, the continuation. But you know, like my biggest gripe was with the um, lack of development with the characters. It just kind of seemed tacked on, and that there wasn't a real progression uh, in the in the game in terms of story. Um, the two regions that you had in Guilin, uh, in the Guilin region, and then in um, oh god. The other city, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll remember it later. Is was pretty identical uh, mm -hmm. in terms of the beats, and I I appreciate you know in this anime they are clearly paying attention more to the writing, fleshing out the characters, and I hope they give the Shenmue three uh, story a little more um, depth, and I think I, that'll help me you know look at the game from a different perspective. So, all right. So I think that's going to end up wrapping up this episode. Uh, thanks for jumping on, Marcin. I'm I'm really excited to see where this series goes from here. Uh, are you gonna, you know, you think you're gonna go back and start playing some Shinmu now? And is, is yeah, it you back in your I, I, I'm kind of eyeing the the PS4 version that's in the background there. Maybe you know, install it in my PS5 and get some of those achievements I, I didn't finish because I feel like I got like 97% of them. So, you know, at least for that incentive, the completionist side of me would want to do it. But just revisiting it and and taking these episodes into account, maybe when the maybe when this first season is done, uh, I'll, I'll do that. But right now we have what, 12 weeks of 
you know, episodes. So that's that's there's going to be a lot um, that we're going to discuss in the, in the upcoming episodes. So I'm really looking forward to it. Right on. All right. Well, thanks again, Marson. We'll have to have you back on again very, very soon. 